0: The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash gelati lol. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash gelati lol. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. Good day, everybody. It is Sunday morning. I'm recording this as the games are going because I'm staying up for a good chunk of this slate because I've got quite a bit of action on it. Um, I'm going to be recording these as I review it and probably release this podcast sometime tomorrow afternoon before the football games come on. Uh, we're going to open up with uh, DRX against Brion. Man, oh man, talk about a tough watch. Um, this, this, I don't think it was quite as big Bad. It wasn't as badly played as the Ultra Prime LGD game was yesterday, but it was a difficult watch. This was an extremely low-kill series. It was a very long series. Um, the first two games were extremely long and drawn-out games. Uh, maybe not extremely long because uh, and TT had an even longer one, but they felt extremely long and drawn-out. Neither team was able to convert on pretty much anything in a lot of these games because they had such strong disengaged tools in both games especially in game two like drx had like the bard sejuani combo so bard would ult someone Poppy would ult sejuani away before the follow-up could happen and the two teams would just like walk away from each other because nobody could do anything to follow up after that so we went through that cycle about a dozen times before basically anything happened in that game and it came down to dragons and barons so Yeah, Brion got the first one home. DRX ended up winning the second two. The third game was a lot more dominated by DRX. I thought their coaching staff won the draft really, really hard in this one. Um, I liked giving Sitab the Akali for some more agency. Um, The Jinx Tom Kench was excellent against what Brion are essentially trying to do, which is scale and pray. And... Jinx, they basically there was not a chance in hell that they were ever going to kill Jinx and jing and Teddy got ahead on Jinx and it was just over from there. Um, you know, series like this remind you of why matches in the bad teams you do usually want to be on the underdog. But I think in this case, DRX was the right play. It just took them a while to kind of get their get their wits about them. Um, another thing I want to mention here is like. I don't like to overlook certain things, but I don't like to put too much stock into them either because it just creates like narrative street kind of you know sounding stuff, which is is bad. But DrX, if you just like look at their body language and then you look at like how they play the game and you look at how they're drafting, there is zero confidence on this lineup whatsoever. Like, the players don't look confident. Nobody's decisive. Nobody wants to make a play. They're so afraid all the time. There's just zero confidence. They look—they literally just look scared shitless. They look and play scared shitless. And, you know, I've liked Edgar and a lot of this coaching staff in previous iterations. I liked them in previous iterations of this lineup. I liked them on previous teams they were on. But either they've got to do something different. Like, they need a new leader in the clubhouse so to speak Um, or they need to probably switch some players up because this isn't working and you know I'm nobody expected Breon to be good I think a lot of people expected them to be the worst team in the LCK but this is really bad like they really really got to switch something up because this is not working they look they just look done it's only week two and they just look completely done with 2024 already that's bad and you see this in professional sports all the time, and that's bad. Either you got to bench someone to just like send a wake up call to get the adrenaline flowing, or you got to change up, uh, switch coaches, or you know start drafting differently, start giving these guys some agency to do some stuff because they're just like rolling over and dying. It's it's really depressing, honestly. So yeah, I don't know. We got the money line home, but this did not feel good to watch. Next up, we have Thunder Talk versus Weibo. Weibo ended up taking the two zero. Uh, we had a 48-minute Game 1, just when you thought Brion versus DRX would not be the weirdest game today, but ThunderTalk, Weibo, Game 1, 48 minutes long. ThunderTalk had like a, I think it was like a 4,500 plus, maybe 5k gold lead, Uh, looked well on their way to like doing pretty well, got a little bit sloppy, setting up around Barons and kind of let Weibo hang around a little bit, just another case of this, but... Kind of let them hang around. Weibo ended up making a few really, really creative pickoffs. Uh, TT they kind of started rope doping TT a little bit in this game, and um, they couldn't really get enough done to close this out. At some point, like the script turned, Weibo took the lead. Weibo looked well in control and well on their way to victory, and then and then Weibo, or th- rather Thunder Talk, Thunder Talk correctly realized that. In order to win this game, they couldn't just fight straight up anymore, and they were going to have to, you know... I, I, I use this term a lot, but it's it's borrowed from Dota, where this is the term originally came from, at least when I first heard it. Um, They they say to rat the game out, meaning, like, to cheese the game out. Like, you're not going to win a straight-up fight, so start split-pushing. Start, you know, cheesing in bush. Like, wait, wait in a bush and hope somebody walks by and try to pick them off, or... You know, just take a really, really random engage that's... Like, in other words, it means to, like, introduce variants to the game and, you know, start throwing Hail Marys like crazy and trick plays and all that because you're not going to win a straight-up fight. And TT understood that, realized pretty quickly that they had to do something like this, actually made this game last, like, another 15 minutes or so, and they had a couple chances to actually, like, a win here with a backdoor... Uh, with some split pushing, with some really, really cheeky engages and plays that they made, but they couldn't quite get there. The second game was a lot more Weibo favored. Uh, they got ahead with a tempo comp. Thunder Talk had a pretty good scaling setup with the Mili Ophelios, but they had Nocturne, Oriana, and Rumble. So they had the Press R comp. No real front line, but still pretty good scaling. But when you have, when I talked about this when we saw Carmine Corp draft a similar thing the other day, these comps scale pretty well, but you have to execute pretty cleanly in order to really make it work. And it puts the onus of execution very heavily on you, whereas the other team just kind of has to knock it wombo comboed and win. So, uh, TT got a little behind in this game, it was looking pretty doomed. Weibo got real sloppy and kind of just fucked up a baron fight pretty bad. Uh they got somebody got I forget who it was. Somebody got picked off and then they didn't stop they they were trying to two man baron while two people zoned and th- that was after somebody got picked off in mid lane. So they were 4v5 but they knew a bunch of cooldowns were down so they had Zhao Hu on Azir doing baron with I think it was whoever the, uh, with um Zhao Hao, and they were two manning baron. They got it pretty low. But they didn't stop DPS on it, so Hoya just ended up walking up, rumble ulting it, and they blast-coned over the thing and just won the smite steal. Um, So, a little sloppy by Weibo. Like, they had vision on this the whole time, so they really could have just, like, stopped at 5k and then either turned or, you know, just backed off and reset. Because the Baron would have reset if they just stopped, and they wouldn't have been able to get any kind of, like, smite steal or anything if they just stopped damage beforehand. But they were really, really indecisive, and it got a little you know, choppy there for a minute. They were far enough ahead at this point that I think they were going to win, barring a pretty bad mistake. Um, TT looked like they were floundering a little bit, but yeah. Uh, 2-0. This is far from a clean 2-0. Uh, a couple things. Thunder Talk. they they had a really, really bad finish uh, to 2023. Their sum- The end of their summer split was very bad, but for about two-thirds of last season, like most of spring and, you know, the beginning part of summer... This was a team that like my models actually rated like sixth, seventh, eighth best team in the LPL by their performance data. And they were pretty good in the spring. The lineup hasn't changed all that much. 1XN and Chocho Cho are a little, you know, we've seen some really good and some really bad from them so far, but you know, actually, I don't know, I shouldn't say really bad. One XN's been really, really good. Chocho's been a little hit or miss, but TT are pretty good. Weibo. Should be good, but they've been extremely sloppy thus far. I don't know if that's just, like, shaking the rust off. But, like, this is not a team that looks like it's called by a veteran in-game leader like Zhao Hu. I, I don't know if that's just a communication issue or if it's, like, I don't know, just lazy prep or something. I, I, I have no idea. But what I do know is Weibo are going to need to clean this up if they're going to be competing against the good teams. I think they'll eventually get there, but it's a pretty sloppy start right now. I wouldn't call them a super stable winner, but they're a team that you might want to play kill spreads against with big kill spreads because they aren't exactly clean early. So, yeah. Next up we have T1 and Hanwha Life Esports. T1 got the 2-0. The first game got a little bit hairy. Uh, T1 kind of tried to give this one back a little bit. It looked like Hanwha had maybe stabilized and they had the corky, but... It turns out Zeus is just a fucking god on Yone, and I don't know if anybody in the world has a good answer to this thing right now. So Zeus honestly and Faker, Faker hit a five man Nico ultimate. They kinda they kinda bailed out what was otherwise looking like a game where Hama had stabilized enough with their scaling count to actually get there but they didn't they were still behind early and it ended up being a little bit too overwhelming especially Zeus's lead the second game was all one way traffic for T1 they just kind of steamrolled it and that was that you know as honestly this one went pretty much as predicted like this Hamwa team they don't make proactive plays almost ever they just they sit there and they wait for you to screw up and if you don't screw up you beat them and that's it's that simple i've been saying it for weeks now and uh, yeah, that was that. uh, JDG OMG. Uh, we had a really this was this game one was really really interesting. It was kind of like back and forth for a while. Like I don't say back and forth. It was uh, Rare Adam. Honestly, were in the lead in this game, not by much, but like it was even. But they had superior scaling, so it looked like they were gonna get home. And this just like, turned a corner really really quickly and went south and you know it's it's the classic like bad team versus a good team the bad team can't take advantage of the advantages that they have and that's what ended up happening here and rare adam just kind of fumbled the bag they didn't have a huge lead they shouldn't it wasn't like they were like 90% to win this game or anything like that but they fumbled the bag a little bit i think they and they just looked like out of sorts like in the mid and late game and jbg just kind of waited them out similar thing in game 2 of this one uh, they had I, I, Rare Adam had a super easy to execute composition, really really good scaling, but Nayu and Vikla just kind of got owned like, <laughs> so it it almost didn't matter that Asim was five and one because all they needed to do was like find a way to kill him and I I don't know if the, Rare Adam had a... I think Rare Adam had a chance to win this game too and they just didn't so I don't I don't know the, Rare Adam if they are get there's a chance that this team is probably a little bit better than I think they are. Like they've been competitive in most of their games for the first twenty minutes, but then they just look like they don't know what to do. So that's like th- that's like three games now where they've looked completely lost in the mid game. That could be something to keep an eye on. Maybe rare Adam are a kill spread team when there's big kill spreads against them because it doesn't look like they get run over early. So something to keep an eye on. OMG LNG, um, LNG were in full control of game one more or less start to finish omg once again subs out starry for abel i don't know if this is just going to be a thing that they're going to keep doing or if they're just trying to figure out who's who but it's two two series now they've done that or was it three i forget and then the second game was like i don't know not really much to say it was the same it was the same thing lng got ahead and they had you know They were against the Nocturne comps. All they needed to do was not get snowballed on. That was that. So, I don't know. LNG haven't been pretty. They're kind of doing the Hanwa life thing, which you all know I hate. But it also means that they're gonna be just like uh, it's not quite as extreme as Hanwa. Like they're still doing some stuff early, but I think they're still getting their feet under them. They're kind of getting used to playing with Weiwei, and I think they're gonna be fine eventually. Honestly, this roster should be like a best in the league, like top three team. I just think it's, like, early in the season. They're kind of just, like, I don't want to say coasting, but they're they're just keeping it simple for now. I think this team's got a lot more upside than what we've seen so far. So the Eastern Leagues, we ended up plus 6.599 units on the morning. Massive, massive day in the East. I went 11-1, and 1. and as I'm about to discuss right now, because I'm recording this at about 4 o'clock Eastern on Sunday, threw it all back. Or on the LEC today, All right? So let's just get this out of the way because LEC. I I went eleven and one on this Eastern slate, and LEC went about as bad as it possibly could have gone today. Uh, whew. so we went at eleven and one on the on the Eastern slate. I went one and eight on the on the LEC slate. So, and I went one and eight on the LEC slate, but the big play, the you know, tied for biggest position on anything I had in the year lost with SK. I was I just I literally just finished watching this, so this is a little bit tender still. But um it's so funny. Like SK SK got behind early in this game, but it was like a manageable deficit and they had a better scaling composition. But and Carmine Corp seriously, seriously tried to throw this game like three or four times. Like that weird post Baron decision um, they were just, like, way over aggressive on a couple things, like, they, they easily could have thrown this game, and I, and it looked like SK had stabilized, and we're gonna kind of scale this out and just win, and then SK kind of just, you know, they got ahead of themselves and fucked up a couple times, too, so this, this was a roller coaster, just brutal, brutal day, I, I mean, ultimately, I'm still gonna be way up on the weekend, which is good, but let's just go over these real fast, um, Again, I'm doing. These are gonna be a lot shorter because I didn't. I didn't get a chance to re-come over these yet. Rogue BDS. Uh, we had rogue. Oh wait, hold up. I'm a little bit wrong. Uh, correction. I didn't punt it all back. It was just most of it back. <laughs> I had one of these graded incorrectly. So anyway, uh, rogue BDS. Rogue covered our kill spread here plus seven and a half, as anticipated. That I thought they'd keep this at least competitive, and they did. Um, we also got the over four and a half dragons home at plus 172 in this batch. This was the only two wins we had in the LAC today on any bets. Honestly, I think Rogue probably should have won this game. Uh, they, they had a Corky, a, the Corky was on, you know, th- four items, four and a half items, really. But they just made a couple mistakes and Nukeland did a couple huge shockwaves and, you you know, you get shockwave into silence on Corky, he can't, he can't package out. Um, Obviously, silence from Adams, Garen. So, I I actually liked this BDS comp quite a bit because you had like, yeah, multiple engage tools in the Alistair and the Xin Zhao. You had Ash Arrow, you had Shockwave, and then you had Silence to just like get pick someone, kill them, and then grab the next target. And they had good consistent DPS through the fight too, which was very cool. They didn't really allow Larson to get a lot of poke down. BDS showing they can kind of blend. You know, consist they can kind of blend Adam's goofy shit with like just stable stuff, which is a good sign for them moving forward. I I, I have to admit to you guys, I'm still going to be looking to fade BDS, but they're actually improving. You look at their under the hood metrics; they are getting better. And this may be a situation where I desperately want to fade this team and can't because they're playing better. I got to keep an eye on this for next week because we start best ofs. Talked about Carmine SK. Uh, we're gonna move on to Fnatic G two. This was a Absolute slobber slobberknocker. Um, G two were really they weren't in like I mean they were in pretty good shape. They were up three k at like eleven or twelve minutes in this game. They were stacking dragons. This was looking like one way traffic, and they kind of just bungled a Baron play, or a, it wasn't. It wasn't an actual. It was a Baron setup, and you know that actually gave a ton of gold, like a ton of shutdown gold back into Fnatic, and then this turned into like the next like nine or ten minutes just turned into an absolute bloodbath like the, there was 50 kills in this game <laughs> there's 50 kills in this game you know it's funny i mentioned yesterday in the write-up that i was actually contemplating playing an under in this but i know these two teams just like go at each other uh just it turns out just play the alt overs sometimes the simple handicap is right but yeah i had Fnatic plus six and a half kills they lost by eight um they really didn't really have any business being in this game. I don't think. I thought G two, were gonna get there, and it just got close. Uh, we did get to see Broken Blade tried Vladimir as a Jax counter, which is pretty cool. Um, kind of worked, kind of didn't. I don't know. There was parts of it. It was just interesting seeing something different. Um, Vlad seems like he should be pretty good right now, given that you can kind of get to, you can kind of get to three or four items pretty un, you know unscathed in top lane in most games he's an interesting one i think we might see some vlad in the east as well but we'll see broken blade is a really really underrated player i think he's one of the best players in the west and it's because he can do all this different stuff and he's just a constant threat to have some goofy shit cooked up including his yone by the way so interesting g2 are starting to get back to uh, g2 this was good because they had a better early game. This was probably the best early game that they've had all season, so or one of them anyway. So that's good for G two. That's the thing that we've wanted to see them improve on because they, they usually can figure it out. They can problem solve these mid and late games better than pretty much anybody in the West. So, Giant X versus Mad Lions. Uh, we had Mad Lions split stake money line kill spread. Um, Mirwin tried the top lane fiddlesticks. They call this um what do you call it? like. In in team building, we call these like uh, or in, in comp building, we call these like circle comps. Um, like the the classic version is Jarvan, uh, is Jarvin Rumble, like the hot pot combo. Uh, this fiddlesticks Nico and um, Nocturne. It's like Nocturne or like the Venn diagram, right? You have the double circle ults with Fiddle and Nico, and then you shut the lights. You shut the lights out with El Yoya's um, Nocturne ultimate. And then you get a good flank. We saw T1 utilizing the Nico Nocturne. We've seen a lot of teams trying to utilize the Nico Nocturne. It's a really, really potent combo. Because you just can't see where she's approaching from. And it's brutal. And there, you can't interact with it when you can't see it. It's incredibly powerful. Um, the layer of Fiddle ult on top of it. Pretty spicy stuff. Um, we also got to see Kaisa in this game. Supo played Kaisa. Which was a, an interesting way to follow up on the dive. But... Kais is kind of low range, so Patrick responded with Anila, and Patrick went kind of nuts in this game. Patrick and Peach really just went crazy. Um, yeah, I, this was this was a lot of like individual outplays. I thought because this game was pretty close, like through twenty minutes, like nobody had any kind of lead. It was basically within a thousand gold at all times until, um, until about. You know, until really the Baron Baron power play was the thing that busted this open, and Giant X, you know, got the Baron, won the won the Baron fight, got the Baron, and then, you know, this game was just theirs. To, you know, after that, lost our bets on this. It's weird. It was unfortunate that they actually ended this so fast. I was really really hoping they'd get another dragon because we bet the dragon overs in this one too, but um, they just closed the game out, which was a little bit of a bummer. But it's what it is. Heretics vitality. We had no plays in this game. Vitality. This was. A, This was a forty nine minute twenty three second game with Sunday. This was a weird slate on Sunday, man. We had, we had Saturday. This entire weekend, we had what three games that were almost fifty minutes long. Like we haven't had that kind of thing in like three or four years. Like games don't go that long anymore because of like how the soul, or they rarely go that long anymore because souls, like the way soul the soul mechanic works, like they're so powerful and Elder Drake and. It takes like the perfect circumstances for it to happen. And it's just like, and they, Riot has put a bunch of stuff into the game to kind of prevent long games like this from happening. But we got three in one weekend when this happens. Like, I think you get like 40 minute plus games. It was like 2% of the time or something over the last three years. I forget off the top of my head, but pretty weird that we saw a few. And it makes some sense because teams are having trouble like working through the mid game because we're, you're, we're seeing fewer games completely blown out by First Herald. And like snowballed into a second Herald, and then it's just like over from there, which is kind of a good thing. But there's a lot of teams with especially like early on, like this, with just poor macro that like don't know how to fully capitalize on things. So, I think just in general, like the champion pools right now make it kind of difficult to close because there's a lot of low range AD carries being played that kind of are dangerous to siege with, which makes it kind of challenging because you like either have to dive or you have to pull them out of the base and then fight. And then it's tough to win a fight really, really clean because of how invincible a lot of the tanks are. And it's just a weird, weird situation. But anyway. Also, while we've been playing time total overs, and those were those have gone 7-1 so far this year, which is awesome for us. Wait, this this was like I don't know. This was like a back and forth game. Nobody really had any kind of substantial lead until the second Baron. <laughs> which is wild because the first Baron ended up not getting anything really. But the second Baron ended up being what kind of blew this open for Heretics, right? And Heretics blew... Like, Heretics ballooned that second Baron all the way out to, like... It was like a... I think it was like a 4k gold lead, if I remember right. Maybe it was less than that. I think it was like 3k plus. Which didn't matter nearly as much in the mid-30s time area, right? Like, 30 minutes into the game, everyone's got 4 or 5 items. A 3k gold lead doesn't mean as much, right? Um, They did get the third drag... Or third Baron. And then immediately got, they they just fucked up, got smashed, threw the game all the way back, and Vitality ended up, over the next 10 minutes, Vitality ended up dragging this all the way back and won the game. Um, just, this was, honestly, like, this was a game that I thought was played pretty poorly by both teams, but I also th- looked at what Heretics had for a composition. You're running like, you're running Udi. You really, you ran, you, they were running four Melee and Way. So, like, it wasn't four melee. It was, it was three melee, Callista and Wei. So, like, you have... It's all... Your entire team, besides Wei, is low range. So, you're not... You're, and Wei's not going to be hitting towers, really. So, like, they had no way to really siege up. And their hard engage was not particularly great. It relied a lot on Yankos making just some absolute godlike flanks. And it's really, really hard to do that against, you know... They had, like, the poke of mid lane, mid lane Kaisa on VTO... Uh, the poke on Varus, even though he was like the attack speed build, and you had Renata, so Renata like countering all this low range stuff. It just made it really, really difficult for Heretics to like. Six could not get a clean fight win to save their life in this game, and honestly, like any game with a Lee Sin in it that goes to fifty minutes, I'm impressed. Same with Callista. So they were able, honestly, they. Vitality should have like once Vitality turned the corner they should have won this and they did it just took them until like 40 minutes to actually do that. And yeah, it just took forever. This was a weird game. A lot of weird games today. So the corrected the corrected net P&L on this one was in LEC we went minus 4.89 units. So we're still up on the day, still very far up on the weekend, which is good, but LEC was kind of a nightmare today. Also, just a quick fuck you to Carmine Corp. For, I backed them and backed them and backed them and backed them. And of course, as I said yesterday, now, as soon as I hard fade them, they are going to blow up. The PL, and that's exactly what happened. So, fuck Casey. They remain on my shit list. I'm obviously not going to have a recap for LCS because I'm recording this as it's happening. I will, you know, briefly touch on it tomorrow if necessary. Um, but I have to get this out before I have to leave tonight. So. Right, so, the first match in the LPL for Monday morning is Fun Plus Phoenix plus 148. Uh, the plus 1.5 maps is at minus 205, minus 1.5 at plus 341 against team. WE minus 181, minus 1. 1.5 maps, plus 166, the plus 1. 1.5 is at minus 540. Fun plus are running Jalahu, Milky Way, Care, Doc and Life. WE are running Wayward, Hang, Fofo, Prince, and Iwandi. this is two teams I was optimistic about. Two teams that have been a little bit hit or miss so far, but it's two teams that I'm still optimistic about moving forward. Um both of them had a weird first series. Both of them got off the shine the second series. Um, patrons will realize I'm kind of just reading my thing here. Sorry about that. It's been a weird day. I'm kind of prepping this on super short time frame. Um, I, to me, like, I think these two are pretty evenly matched. I slightly favor WE's roster and coaching staff, but this should probably be closer to even money than it is. So I'll take Fun Plus Phoenix on the money line. I'm also playing the over four and a half dragons at plus 114 on maps one and two for one unit each. Um, 55% of games are going over the dragon total in the LPL right now. These two teams have had shorter average game times admittedly, but, and I'm sure that that 55% is going to regress to something normal or it'll regress to a point where the price is not worth it anymore, but you're getting placed plus money on a 55% general macro outcome thing. I don't think these teams want to play fast. So I think this is, you know, it just happens that their games have gone that way so far. So I like this angle quite a bit. Globally, we're seeing a lot more dragons just in general as well. Games are going longer. This is a good way to attack it. Uh, The time totals are more appropriately priced right now in the LPL. But yeah, I mean, you could go that angle too if you don't have options, if you don't have uh, options to take these props or if the limits are too small for you. Like these are, you can't get a ton down on these, on these props like this, this early and really not, too often anyway um it's more than enough for me but you know if you're a bigger player and you want to play this angle you can play this and the time total over because you know there's a there's a bigger edge on the dragon price than the time total over but i think they're both essentially saying the same thing for the time being and I'm just I'm just taking the one with the better price, like real, the edge price relative to edge or edge relative to price rather. Next up we have Billy Billy Gaming minus twelve o six minus one point five maps at minus two forty six against anyone's legend plus seven forty three on the money line plus one point five maps at minus uh, plus one ninety seven minus one that's one point five at seventeen to one. Beals you're running Bin Shun, Elk or Bin Shun, Knight Elk and on. Anyone's Legend are running Harry, Krakow, Shanks, Hope, and Kyle. Both these teams are running the same lineups back that we've seen so far. So I've liked what I've seen from Anyone's Legend. Going into the season, I thought that they were going to be an interesting uh, upside scenario. Not that they were going to like win the league or anything, but they could get themselves out of the dumpster fire tier and maybe challenge for a playoff spot. I still think that could happen, but the thing is here, this is... Billy Billy Gaming, and they've looked like an absolute freight train. Um, Any kind of data model is going to be like value on the underdogs here, and yeah, I know it's the LPL and I know it's pre-Chinese New Year, and you could be like, oh, we'll just take the dogs. That's a huge price, and it is, and I think Anyone's Legend might be a competent team. So, there's worse lottery tickets you could buy than Anyone's Legend here. The thing with me is like, I I think, if you're going to play, if you think Anyone's Legend make this interesting, I think the way I'd play it is like the plus 9.5 kills on map 2, like when they have side choice, or maybe I'd play it on like, maybe I play the over twenty nine minutes time total. Uh, right now, that's priced minus one fifteen split. So I, you know, you're not getting plus money like you were. That's probably correct, correctly priced because games are tending to go longer. I still think there's a long tail to B L G just steamrolling these games. So I'm not gonna play the time total. I'm not gonna play the kill spreads either. If you if you want a piece of the, of a big underdog like this, your best bet is playing it in like large field GPPs in DFS, or um, maybe playing it through a different derivative, kill total overs or kill spread. So, no place for me on this one. All right, I'm gonna quickly go through the LEC slate again. I haven't had a chance to comb through these games yet with a you know reviewing the vods. We just saw them, and I'm on a very very short time frame for today. So, um, this is updated with the data though. Um, so I have model projected lines over on the Patreon that I will be posting, but my thoughts on this slate are going to be very short. Any derivative plays or additional stuff or changes I make, I'll be adding later tonight, probably during the LPL slate, or I guess early morning for a lot of people. But um, I am strapped for time here, so I'm just going to quickly run through thoughts on this. Uh, Vitality, mid-lines, uh, pretty much pick them. mid Lions, small favorites. Um, both these teams... Vitality didn't look didn't look particularly great in that ridiculous marathon game yesterday. Mad Lions kind of got kind of got surprised by Giant X. Um uh, models slightly favored liked Mad a lot like slightly more than this price. Uh, I would lean that way. I've generally liked Mad Lions as a team a little bit more. Um I'm probably going to end up playing Mad Lions there actually. Yeah, I'm going to play Mad Lions money line at -113 113 for 1.13 units. Uh next up we have Giant X Rogue giant x minus 152 rogue plus 125 um i think this is you know giant x have looked pretty good rogue have looked pretty not good but rogue were surprisingly competitive in that game yesterday did get the cover home for us i'm gonna go back to the well i think rogue this is their season they need this win to get into playoffs especially with carmine corp winning today um i think i'm gonna go with the experienced players on rogue here As, as rough as they've looked I'm going to take Rogue on the money line, plus 125 for one unit. Next up, we have BDS minus 290 against Carmine Corp, plus 228. Carmine Corp get off the Schneide, finally get their first win. As I mentioned, um, they jumped out to a pretty good lead early in this game, but they really, really tried to punt this, and like multiple times tried to punt this game away, and SK just simply couldn't field the punt. Uh, The model makes this actually cheap for BDS. Uh, Again, patrons can go see that on the patreon I have my model projected prices on these um, so far and the models are actually after the first couple weeks actually have been pretty good now that we have some data in there for them to, to grind through these with um I would lean BDS I'm actually let me see what the BDS kill spread is I know this isn't as finely and cleanly edited as I normally do because I didn't I haven't gotten a chance to write out all of my thoughts I'm just kind of doing this on the fly given the uh time frame that i have to get this done with here eight and a half is a big kill total to cover i actually you know i actually do like the bds money line it's 290 it's not much i'm gonna play it for just one unit i know you're not winning much on this but it's value so i'm gonna play the value so bds money line minus 290 for one unit Next up, we have Fnatic minus one forty seven against Heretics plus one fifteen. Uh, this is another one. Models made it slightly closer than it's currently being priced. I would lean Heretics, but I don't think the edge is enough to really um, make it worth a play. This is probably just more of a pass. Uh, you could maybe make a case for like Fnatic short kill spreads. I'm gonna quick check on that too, just like I did with the BDS live on the air here. These are uh, via Pinnacle. Um, Fnatic minus 4.5 is minus 114. I would look at that. That If, if you're going to play Fnatic, I would play like some kind of ult kill spread. Minus 7, I would get to even money. Minus 5.5 at even money, 6.5 plus 119. 7.5 at plus 142. I'm not personally going to play anything in this one. I think this is a pretty fair price on this. But if you're going to play Fnatic, that's where I'd go. If you're going to play Heretics, just play the money line. Well, you know what? I'm actually looking over this now. I'm looking at some of these derivatives on this. Not all of them are up yet. I like the over 31 minutes at minus 120 a little bit. I'm not going to play it because so median the median uh what's it called median time right now is like a little a shade over 31. Uh the mean time is a lot higher because we've had a couple marathon games, but uh league wide uh, and I think this could be a competitive game. So generally in competitive games you get, you know, longer ones especially in this current meta. That's not always the case. Competitive games can come, sometimes be shorter. They're just more contested early. Yeah, you know what, let's play this. We're going to play over 31 minutes at um, minus 120 in Fnatic Heretics. 1.2 units. Last game, SK Gaming plus 227 against G2 Esports minus 288. Model makes this G2 very short favorites. Um, SK obviously, you know, pissed me off today, fumbled the bag on that big play, but I think I'm going to go back to the well with them here. This is This is a really, really big number for a team that's for the most part. I mean until today this team's been extremely competent. Um and again, G2 have shown like a pretty, you know, unexciting early game in general. So I think um I think SK can probably take advantage of that. I like SK plus seven point five kills at minus one thirteen. I'll play SK gaming on the money line at plus two twenty seven for units i'm going to play the over 4.5 dragons at plus 132 for one unit as opposed to the over 31 minute time total of minus 120 i think both are reasonable plays here if you think this is going to be a competitive game and um that's going to be it for the lec if i have any additional plays i'll be putting them up on the patreon patreon's acting a little funny right now it's not letting me create pages so i might have to post this later than normal um just via my phone or something because i have to jet but um until then I will see you guys tomorrow I'll have uh, probably a brief recap of LCS tomorrow and uh, I'm gonna be doing I'm gonna be trying to get like a day and a half, like a day or a half a day ahead of things this week because I'm gonna be going away next weekend so I will see you guys tomorrow and good luck with your bets